Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Are we doing that on a Twitter? Are we doing that on the Twitter too? <laughs> Russell me, Mark. Russell me, Pete. We were just having an off mic conversation. Hey, look, hey, hey, this is not for the pod fans. Whoa, this steady. is very much what we call real life, real London fans. Very much what we call day to day admin. Um, <laughs> uh, part of that day to day admin, exciting news. Mm. Uh, we are going to be doing Russell me too. What the world has come to? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, I've forgotten. We can like start like subtitling these you know it you yeah. know it yeah this we, time last year we were doing a wrestle me show we did uh, yeah summer slam 92 mm. a sellout <laughs> I, I, they, 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 we they, sold out <laughs> they told me it was a sellout but I, I did see a couple of chairs empty maybe people bought tickets and didn't come and they were for dignitaries yeah but this one <laughs> this one will sell out I'm saying that in the same way as like Diamond Dallas Page doing his positively page gimmick will do it will it will it will um, <laughs> it's going to be taking place at London's King's Place which is just near King's Cross Station mm. As part of the London Podcast Festival, uh, it, it's a simple way to remember the date. It's Saturday the 14th of September. Um, the way I remember it is the 14th of September. That will be eight days before the ninth anniversary of Giant Gonzalez's death. <laughs> So that's a, hairy balls. That, that's a way for you, for you easily to diabetes and uh, heart disease. Oh, write the word diabetes in your arm. You'll look at it. You'll go. When is when is WrestleMe Live Two taking place? <laughs> diabetes. Okay, a giant Gonzalez. Eight days before ninth anniversary, fourteenth of September. Perfect. Perfecto. Perfect. Yeah, I'm not sure what we're going to do yet. I'm probably going to ask people on Twitter what uh, we should do. What we should do? Yes, yeah. them. They're maniacs. No, that's true. They'll ask for something. They'll uh, look the Obscene. people. It's the people's champion podcast. I'm just um, <laughs> that's actually we should we should definitely uh, register that. Um, <laughs> I'm just typing fourteenth and September wrestling to see if there's anything actually happened. The been through it 14th. all. Been uh, yeah, through it all. No. Yeah, uh, one site told me it was Paul Heyman's birthday, but um, it wasn't. Another site did. It was very conclusive. Didn't have any wrestlers either born this, or died on that day. This day in wrestling history, um, the fall and rebirth of the Four Horsemen. Ooh. Andre the Giant defeated Hulk Hogan after a failed body slam attempt. Is that Shea Stadium? Um, I don't know. Is that look like- <laughs> <laughs> um, Eddie Guerrero defeated Chris Jericho to win the Cruiserweight Championship in WCW. Uh, I mean, look, come on, wrestling runs yeah, all year round and has done since 1910. The Giant defeated, defeated Scott Norton, not a clue. Oh, no, no, Scott, Scott Norton is not worthy of being on this day. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he's very nice. Mm. <laughs> Hang on, Ric Flair's got a podcast, Woo Nation. 
Oh Woo! yes, yeah. That, that ran. That was very big for a time, but I think he yeah. fell out with the uh, the parent company. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is abs- imagine what you'll be seeing live mm. if this is the quality of the stuff we put out yeah, forever. There's nothing, there's nothing. There's nothing here at all. Sting. Uh, and six days later, from here, um, Sting would suffer a career-ending neck injury. Oh, Ooh. that's that's closer than my Giant Gonzalez ones. But okay. I think Giant Gonzalez uh, diabetes is is actually the easier way of remembering. <laughs> 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 uh, welcome back. We're talking. Talking about uh, WrestleMania 20, 2004, yeah. Madison Square Garden. XX. Men in the ring. Men <laughs> Don't in know the why ring. I'm breaking it down this much. Men in the ring. Men in the ring. Gentlemen in the sheets. There are lights. <laughs> there are people taking tickets. Big shows, nubber. <laughs> you got to get in, in your car or by public transport. <laughs> um, we're back on uh, the Fatal 4-Way. This is the SmackDown Tag mm. Team titles. Uh, Rikishi and Scotty 2 Hottie versus self-proclaimed world's greatest tag team versus Basham Brothers versus APA. Yeah. Before they get here, actually, they... They actually released the um, the location of next year's oh yeah uh, WrestleMania, which is in Los Angeles, Hollywood. Yes, the Staples Center. They've done this before, though, where they've announced next year's um, venue they and then did. they, then they yeah. <laughs> something went wrong. A WrestleMania Seven is the mm. most famous one where they were also, I think, that was an LA uh, big stadium. Yeah, and uh, unfortunately, they they had no matches or wrestlers <laughs> that people really wanted to see. <laughs> uh, but yes, uh, this is the fit of our way. Um, most and- interesting thing about this match is that Bradshaw, who here is a member of slightly fading tag team, the APA, mm. within three months would beat Eddie Guerrero for the world belt and right. they would keep that on him until the next WrestleMania, oh. which he'd headline. Um, an amazing, like John Cena, coming from a very unnoticeable match mm. and they were the future. It talks a lot about ruthless aggression, which is people who were willing to grab that brass ring mm. were given the opportunity to do so. Oh, but it also ass. talks about, think of uh, the giant stick. Um, <laughs> it also talks of the fact that there was no real big star in the wings yeah. uh, after the departure of Bot Lesnar and they were slightly adrift and desperately scrabbling mm. for someone who could take that top slot. Uh, JBL, he did as good a job as he could have done, uh, but but, uh, we'll talk about that next year. Mm. Next year. Next podcast, next even. Podcast. Um, although, the way the way these are going, there's every <laughs> chance that WrestleMania 20 is going to last for 106 episodes. <laughs> um, I've got nothing to say about this match. Everything I said about the Raw Tag Team title match is the same here. They are mm. anonymous. Uh, nobody stands out. We've seen Scotty dancing yep. before. Yep. Rikishi doing the dancing. Yep. Um, why does Rikishi always wear a thong? Yeah. I've written, that's it, really. Uh, there's, um, uh, there's nothing. This, the is, Brothers? this is the, the horrible <laughs> mid-card anonymity that mm. not doing masses of gimmicks uh, have for you. Mm. You've got the Basham Brothers here. When they started off, they were in a... They were sort of submissive sex slaves right. of a very tall African-American woman called Linda Miles who mm. they'd renamed Shaniqua who was one of the tough enough winners mm. and she didn't really like the whole thing I think she was a very sort of like you know uh, college educated yep. smart you know, young woman yeah. who was suddenly having to dress in latex and, and be called a really stereotypical yeah. kind of um, uh, African American name. Yeah, mm. uh, exactly. I mean, that really is. It's a bit like Sapphire, isn't it? Yeah. You know, well done, guys. And uh, uh, the Bashams are, are just are so forgettable. They mm. had action figures. I mean, right. I, I don't think they sold, but they just had these. You know, they never. I, I just. They must look at that and just go. Do you remember that mad? It's almost like a dream. <laughs> Do you remember that mad time when we were SmackDown Tag Team Champions and we had our own action figures? <laughs> you know. 
Oh, but I mean, we could tell that um, they were just a rebadge of someone else. Oh, they were <laughs> they were taking <laughs> off our singlets. It was it was the Hulk Hogan's color. with the uh, moustache filed <laughs> off. Um, Hulk Hogan <laughs> is one of the big stars who isn't in this WrestleMania. Mm. It seems like a he was there last year, mm. but he walked out halfway through uh, the year basically because he was unhappy. It was a matter of creative control. Right. He wanted more control over how he was using TV. No, wait, this this, this has what, changed. <laughs> yeah, Warrior. They yeah. gave him creative control. Look what happened. So. <laughs> out on your ear. Out on your ear. Get the, out. Um, the, the, the Bashams slightly fascinated me because I just... Uh, the funny thing about them is they were called Danny and Doug Basham. Mm. And one of them, his real name was... Uh, D- Doug Basham. Right. And the other bloke, it wasn't called Danny Basham. His, <laughs> his name was, I think, Daniel Holly. Right. But there's that weird thing of just going, oh, you know, you're the Bashams, you're this, that, the other. And it would be like the two of us sitting here and them going, right, you're the Donaldsons, you're Peter Donaldson, and you're Cedric Donaldson. <laughs> oh, uh, am I? Right, okay, I thought we'd. I thought I'd be my own. Uh, <laughs> Can I not team up with Hardcore yeah, Holly? It's just my what, name is Holly. What, what it is, you see, is that's actually his name, right? That's, <laughs> he is Peter Donaldson, isn't he? Yeah. So it's a bit weird that I'm having to be if you, <laughs> his younger brother, Cedric Donaldson. I mean, feel free to rebrand us both, but it just doesn't make any sense that I'm suddenly <laughs> drafted into this man's family. <laughs> and Do I so, have, have I got to go at Christmas? So the fact that we're brothers, right, but we're both submissive <laughs> sex slaves <laughs> with this one person. Yeah, why I, are we both in the, into Vince, this? Vince always pushed the incest angle with me. He was always very keen on that. Uh, uh, in a couple of years' time, they, there's a British wrestler called Paul Burchill, mm. and he has a, uh, uh, I think she's a valet uh, whose name has totally escaped me. I can't remember it. Uh, she's Katie someone. Mm. Uh, Katie Lee someone. I can't remember. But she was like the sister of him, and he was a, I think he started off as a pirate or something. I can't <laughs> fucking remember. But either way, Vince McMahon looked at that, and he just went, do you know what I'd really like you to do an incest angle? <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'm already a Pirate. You don't oh, need to, I don't dear. understand why I'm doing this. Anyway, we'll probably get to that. I'm going to talk about that for three podcasts. Um, the, the, just forgettable, forgettable, forgettable. Yeah. Um, uh, too Cool always slightly suffered from the fact that you were super aware that one of the people from their glory is Brian Christopher. He wasn't there. He'd been fired a couple of years beforehand uh, over conveying drugs across the US-Canada border. Right. And they basically, I think, you know, he had something like residue in a bag but they basically went if you're not going to be able to enter Canada then you can't do half of the work we do we're not going to start booking you separately off you go so uh, the only thing I took out from this match which I really liked is at the very start Michael Cole and Taz sort of go who do you think is going to win and Taz said I don't know self-professed greatest tag team and Michael Cole goes I think you know Rikishi and Scotty will do it and at the end Michael Cole's like what did I say what did I say (laughs) what did I say and and he sort of goes I told you I called the winners and Taz sort of goes well you know I don't think uh, you necessarily he's like no no." he sounds really pissed off (laughs) give me some money mate it's written on your sheet (laughs) you know this you know it man mental Cole can occasionally sort of sound like he's um, reading facts off the sheet he'll sort Get, there'll be sentences prepared for him and yeah. sort of got, it'll really sound like he's reading. I think, I think they're not necessarily read off a sheet, but what they are is they're fed down his ear by oh, Vincent okay, McMahon. Right, okay. Vincent McMahon likes to get involved. Uh, Mick Foley became a colour commentator at one point and he mm. had to give it up just because he was fed up of Vincent McMahon <laughs> feeding him lines continuously. It's, uh, it it makes it more difficult. so unnatural, yeah. Doesn't it? Um, mm. Jesse Ventura then comes out and does yeah. an interview with, with Donald Trump. Donald Trump, the Donald, the Don man. 
first of all, the hair looks great, he says, and everyone sort of goes, oh, it's a Trump thing. It's just weird that that man's now president. Well, it's just weird because, like, he was, obviously, Trisha Ventura was in politics. Yeah. And if you just looked back then and sort of went, right, who was going to make it further in politics? It would be What's him. really funny about this is this whole interview is about one of them becoming president, mm. and it's not Donald Trump. <laughs> it's so and weird. The weirdest thing is, so, so uh, Trump, uh, Jesse Ventura says, would you give me moral and financial support if I launched a bid to become president. And Donald Trump says, I will give you 100% moral and financial support if you wanted to run for the White House. And I looked at that and I thought, in 2004, Donald Trump had no interest in running for the White House. It just, it seems, it, that seems like something you should be preparing for your whole life. Um, Jesse Ventura shouts, we may need a wrestler in the White House. Mm. I know, I think Trump says that. One of them says it. Mm. I mean, either I think, way. I think Jesse, Jesse says it in a VT earlier on, and Jesse uh, says it here as well. And it kind of looks like he's trying to go for a slogan, but it's not really there. Yeah. Nobody wants a wrestler in the White House. As they finish it, and, and this is this is a WrestleMania appearance that I'd totally forgotten about mm. for Trump. I think we've talked about him being at uh, 4 and 5, which took place in Trump Plaza. Yeah. Coming up, I think at 23, he will be involved in a massive angle in one of the WrestleManias, in pretty much the main event. Mm. Um, but this one is so weird, because all they're doing is talking about president, being mm. the president, and the president of the United States is standing there listening to someone else doing it, and it, it just seems absolutely... <laughs> like, you, you couldn't have a better piece of strange footage mm. to look at with hindsight. Yeah. Jim Ross, as as Jesse Ventura walks away, and Trump is in the crowd. Yeah, he's not like in the ring. They're no, just he's, like interviewing he's in the, him in the in the crowd. He's in the crowd, and he's I was like, "I'm here with my sons." I was like, "Yeah, well, surely must be <laughs> the ones who are in pretty fucking." High. I mean, that's yeah. even more worrying, really. <laughs> the, um, the, the most the most amazing <laughs> thing afterwards, Jim Ross sort of goes, "Yep, maybe have a billionaire as the vice president, Jesse." And no, 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 he will literally be the president. <laughs> it, uh, it, I enjoyed that bit the most because I totally forgotten about it and yeah. all the things that I've I think I looked up when we first started WrestleMe there was a bit I was looking at with Trump mm. and all the appearances he'd yeah. made I think that one totally scraped by I don't think yeah. that's been really isolated and no. it's the best one of yeah. all because he's le legitimately talking about someone being in the White House amazing women's champion Victoria versus mm. Molly Holly in a hair versus hair match yes not much to this uh, not much to this there is a man with a sign uh, with some moving hair which I quite enjoyed yeah. but he's clearly a, a stooge because because who the hell would make that? <laughs> um, and uh, it, the thing about this is, like, um, it's like when you're on a stag do and your mate gets dragged up and the stag gets dragged up on stage and, you know, gets whipped or whatever. Um, it just goes on for a bit too long, yeah. uh, so much so that it's a little bit exploitative. Never in the history of wrestling has mm. a pair of clippers worked in a hair versus hair match. Yeah, and suddenly now, I mean, Bruce the Barber fucking beefcake couldn't make him work. <laughs> and he, it, that's his it gimmick. Work. The heartbreaking thing about this match is Molly Holly, uh, it, it was a, a wrestler who, she clearly loved the wrestling side of it. Yeah. And she came along at a time when you know you're doing the playboy evening gown mm. matches and things and she couldn't really get a fair shake there was obviously a thing that vincent Mann thought she was overweight because the commentators all used to talk about her looking like a pig things like that. i mean just how wide mm. she was and how dumpy and she's not she's no. absolutely knockout but she pitched this hair versus hair she basically said i will have my head shaved okay because she wanted to be on a wrestlemania right and there was no way they were going to have this match otherwise and so she said well if if i have my head shaved i might get on a wrestlemania and that's really what my dream is okay and so 
they went, yeah, we'll go with that. And they give her six, seven, eight minutes, something mm. like that, and then she gets and then her she head shaved. And the, uh, the, the weird thing about the Clippers, which never, ever, 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 <laughs> ever, ever work, why they don't have a plan B, I don't know. <laughs> but... <laughs> Victoria gives her sort of she goes over the top mm. trying to take as much off as possible and she just gives Molly Holly a mullet and the problem is this is wrestling so everyone like, has mullets everyone's got a mullet so you're just like <laughs> oh there's Molly Holly with her mullet you know normal <laughs> uh, she would later sort of uh, uh, they would shave her head properly yeah. and she would wear a bathing cap uh, because she was so unattractive she had like an Ed- Edwardian bathing cap because right. she was such a stupid ugly woman she'd never think of wearing something normal no she used something frumpy and horrible <laughs> they, uh, they treated her really badly um Jerry Lawler as well. He also is gross in this one. He's, yeah. he's all over. With Molly being such a so, such a, uh, a goody goody and all, would this be the first time she's ever been shaved? What? What? Yeah, yeah. You know, oh. like Europeans and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Oh, save it, it, save it for your interview with the police in Tennessee. <laughs> 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 but it, but it kind of goes away with um, it goes away with VT, and then they're still shaving. Off. It's clearly yeah. someone's come up and went. Oh, can't make a shirt, shirt yeah. properly. Yeah, I just and it's I, all, all her hair's gone. I, I, I'm going to make a, the first thing I noticed was that they had left on the plastic bit that when they go, do you want a grade three? You go, yes, yeah, please. Yeah. They'd left on that bit. Yeah. But that's because otherwise the Clippers, there have been it's some dark. wrestling haircuts before where they've gone, they've noticed that and they've gone, oh, this is the thing that's stopping it cutting the hair. But it's also the thing that's stopping the, the, the moving blade just going into yeah. your flesh. <laughs> stopping um, the blood coming out. There's up. been some gross ones of those, I'll tell you. <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> horrific. Um, <laughs> uh, one of this sort of, not really the, the main event, but I mean, uh, 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 Two guys at the absolute pinnacle mm. of their powers. Uh, WWE champion Eddie Guerrero versus Kurt Angle. Yeah. Kurt Angle spotted with a roll neck. Yeah. Sort of saying, I do have a neck. Yeah. As you can see, I'm wearing a roll neck. Yes. <laughs> um, and to which I say, liar. <laughs> <laughs> well, he had a little bit less neck uh, by the time this WrestleMania came around. <laughs> so uh, at the end of last WrestleMania, I think, I think we talked about how he was in a terrible way mm. physically. There was lots of debate about whether he was going to be able to do the match. Honestly, like, Wrestle- WrestleMania, or rather the WWE as a company, have ruined men, like oh, ravaged yeah. them. It, it, they turn elite pro athletes into <laughs> shells. <laughs> Fucking shells. Well, I think what we are is we do two things. We give entertainment the whole family can enjoy, and we essentially put healthy athletes through <laughs> World War One in two years. Uh, nobody's body gets better. No. Nobody's, bo- nobody's no. body improves, unless you believe the cot documents. <laughs> yeah. the, the angle, who, who was very damaged, had had a, a sort of revolutionary new neck surgery right. in the uh, just after WrestleMania, mm. and he'd been out for six, eight months. By the time he gets here to have this match with Eddie Guerrero, mm. it's, it's all going a bit wrong again. So he's getting numbness in his hand mm. and he's getting a bit weak and everything. So he is not in good shape, yeah. but you wouldn't know. Mm. I mean, the two of them together God, are magic. Mm. And Guerrero is so brilliant in this match. He's uh, won the belt. He's got, you know, a lot of confidence. And he goes out there with Angle, who is, I think, you know, for those five years, the best in the world. And it's so brilliantly done in that Eddie Guerrero, he's got one of these things, the crowd love him because he's smaller and, you know, you get the impression that he could be outpowered. Mm. But what he's got is a uniquely good gimmick, which is he lies, he cheats, he steals. And he's basically, at any point, he can find a loophole (laughs) to win. And the end of this match, so it's really physical, it's really good. It doesn't quite... It's not quite a classic. Mm. 
But the end is such a good little sequence where Eddie Guerrero has been in the ankle lock. He undoes his boot uh, because he's in so much pain with his ankle. (laughs) And Angle doesn't see him do this. And Angle comes back in, puts the leg lock straight back on. And Eddie Guerrero pushes the boot off. Kurt Angle pulls back, takes three steps backwards because he's lost his grip. Mm. And as he runs forward to get the leg again, Eddie Guerrero does a small package Mm. and pins him. And the brilliance of Eddie Guerrero in this is you see you see him do that and you go, oh, great, you know, that he, Kurt did the old slip in the banana skin and the boot thing was really good. Yeah. But when they show the replay, Eddie Guerrero is so good that when he's on the small package, he's also hooked both his feet around the bottom rope and he's held him there and you only see it in the replay. <laughs> and it's just little details like that. The two men do it perfectly. So Angle, when he's pinned, he's furious and he can't believe it. But he keeps the boot in his hand because he wants everyone in the arena to know the boot was the reason. <laughs> That was how he lost. Yeah. And within moments, somehow, <laughs> Eddie Guerrero's got the boot that's come out of the ring. So by the time he's on the ramp and gets to the end, he holds the boot up and kisses it. And it's a perfect <laughs> bit of storytelling. They sort of go, yeah, it's all to do with the boot. It's a, it's a really, really lovely match. Mm. At this point, Eddie Guerrero has 18 months left to live. You know, wow. it's it's just it, it, it's so it? It, it, it's so horrible to think when you watch these things back because mm. you, you, the way you watch them you don't normally go oh yeah we're we're a year away mm. but he um, he would have a heart attack in mm. uh, November two thousand and five he died in a hotel room he was found on the floor of his bathroom with his toothbrush still in his mouth so bang out went the lights he was thirty eight. Incredible. Horrifying. Like just Absolutely horrifying. The well, crowd that, 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 take a while to get into this match, but mm. when they do, he's got them in the palm of his hand. I, yeah, I, I think this is probably one of, definitely one of my favourite matches this uh, WrestleMania. Probably the favourite match, in fact. Yeah. Really like Guerrero. It's just so fucking charismatic it's, in, in the ring, VTs. But they, they do like a drug addict sort of angle, don't they? At the start, they sort of say yeah. that he was into drugs and stuff. What, or... what they did with Eddie Guerrero was an attempt to get him over. They started using his real-life story. So mm. there was a period where he'd been fired from the WWE after he'd had a DUI and, and right. he, had, he had issues with drugs and he, he got sort of deeply into it. It broke up his marriage briefly. Mm. Um, he he just had a tough time. And I think what they wanted to do with this ruthless aggression thing, they're moving away from big characters and they're going, these are real people, real athletes. So they started using people's real backstories in their their, their wrestling thing. Yeah. You see here, a lot of the people who are coming in are using their real names. So they're either using real names or names they've used for a long time before. And there's an attempt to get rid of the veneer of, of theatrical sort of artifice yeah. around it. And so what we're doing here here is a really fascinating thing where things that have happened in your real life become part of who the wrestling character is. Mm. With Eddie Guerrero, his well-documented sort of problems with substance abuse became part of his redemption story within wrestling, which was not only what his character did, it was also what he was doing. <laughs> Very hard thing to, to, to blur the lines between mm. the character and the real people at this point. Yeah. Uh, but, God, uh, watching this, I, you could watch Guerrero matches for hours and mm. I don't think you'd ever get bored no. and it's impossible for me not to think he was 38 when he died that's 15 years ago so he'd be 53 now Ric Flair in this Wrestlemania is 55 and it's impossible not to think God you know there could have been another decade what would he have been doing what mm. you know could he have been such a massive star he would have just carried on being remarkable and I just it's uh, it's such a sad such mm. a sad thing his death is also one of the the real watershed moments in the life of Chris Benoit so in 2005 Eddie Guerrero one of his closest friends has been for years and years and years uh, when Eddie Guerrero dies it's a blow that 
Benoit does not recover from. Yeah. And it does certainly seem to tie in with the problems he had with depression, which became quite a sort of major contributing factor into the tragedy that then happened with him in 2007. Right. So, very sad. Poor Eddie Guerrero. Yeah. Is he's he, just, it, he's it, a genius. Is, is he in the next WrestleMania as well, or is he kind yes, of... Yes, oh, I, yeah. I think he's got one more uh, WrestleMania. Yeah. Oh, that is... I mean, that's the chilling one, isn't it? It's just Germany cricket. It really is. And well, he... he uh, yeah. I, I think within the next three months, uh, he does lose the belt, and it's because the, the figures uh, and, and the attendance is not going very well, mm. and they decide... To, he just he just finds the pressure gets to him too much, and they try to give him a break. Mm. But um, it, it's, it's just unbelievable to watch someone in the ring like that and to go, you know, TikTok, you've got a year and a half. Yeah. Oh, t- insane. Insane. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. And so we move to the next match. Kane versus Undertaker. Mm. Kane's very talkative in this one. I've not seen him chat so much. Chatty. Chatty little Kane. Oh. What's he saying? Oh, if you're back as the Undertaker, why are you still wearing the the big evil outfit? Why aren't you wrestling like the Undertaker? You're wearing the hat and the coat, but you're wrestling like the American badass. Is that because you didn't want to come back as the Undertaker? That's exactly what's happened. Stop being a naughty little Kane. Shut your mouth, Kane. Stop revealing secrets. I'm not. I'm not coming back as something else. I'm just me. Um, poor old Undertaker didn't want to come back as the as the uh, the dead man. So is that why he's come back all quick? Unless bongy. Yes. yes, they they basically had sold it to him, saying, "Look, we 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 think you should really come back as as the dead man." Yeah. Uh, but but I think he managed to sort of say, "I just don't want to do that. I don't. It's it's boring. It's one dimensional." Mm. And so they went, "Well, why don't you sort of like put some Mix of your bit, yeah. like you know big evil um, booger red, <laughs> booger red, <laughs> some of your booger red, red moves <laughs> into the new Undertaker?" Yeah, have a <laughs> no, you can't have a motorcycle. You're not an American badass. <laughs> he did want to carry on as the American badass, uh, but. They they basically said, look, just see how it goes. See how it goes. I'll I'll do the motorcycle. I'll still be the American badass, but I'll play a xylophone of ribs made out of ribs. Is that all right? No, no, you'll do what we say. Oh. Oh, I'm the dead man. You're a joke, mate. You're a joke. <laughs> Look at you. Look at you. Booger Red. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> um, uh, we, we'd actually seen this match once before at WrestleMania 14. Yes. Um, Kane, my was, favorite... Kane was masked then, wasn't he? He was, mm. yes. Yeah. So a lot of changes. A lot of mm. changes that we've been load through of, on, this, on this dusty, dead old road. <laughs> um, Jim Ross, at one point, shouts, He's back! He's not dead! He's literally called the He's dead, literally man. dead man. literally dead man. I mean, the deadest honest, man. During the match, uh, obviously, uh, the setup, which is quite cool, I thought, the digger. Mm. 
when the soil uh, can uh, I think I don't know whether he commandeers the digger but he certainly gets the digger to bury the undertaker in a in a grave yeah in, a, in like the uh, match that people are watching yep normal, normal thing to do normal thing to do uh, you know, incredible what we are is we're a company that's, that's got wrestlers but we also have these basically two supernatural uh, beings and <laughs> the supernatural one's monsters one's got HGV licence yeah, they, they will they're very creative but they do things that people don't normally do but you just gotta let them go on with it just get on with it please uh, don't call the authorities he buries, he buries his uh, so-called brother and then during the match he's when uh, the Undertaker obviously he, the Undertaker has to win because of the streak yep um, Kane is shouting I buried you <laughs> I was like he's I've seen him. I've seen him do his thing. He's the dead man, and he will wake up that's, again. That's exactly what he that's wants. Exactly. You've, you've literally fallen right into his right into his, right hands his narrative. There. Right into his narrative. Uh, there. Paul Bear is back as well. Yay! Hey! Paul. Paul. He has eaten the Undertaker. <laughs> He's been to many wake buffets. I sent you a <laughs> photograph of Paul Bear, which, which is about six months before this WrestleMania, <laughs> and uh, he he didn't want to come back. He he. Got so fat, he, he was five hundred and twenty-five pounds. Right, that's big, he, isn't it? He's not a tall man. He's, he's not. And I had a look, and I was like, "What weighs five hundred twenty-five pounds?" Because that's just like an arbitrary figure. I believe it's like I believe it's the same weight as Demolition, the tag <laughs> team, right? But I looked up, and the thing that came closest was a five hundred pounds is a fully grown domestic pig. Nice. And he is five hundred twenty-five. <laughs> so he is he is he is literally a little piggy wiggy. And the photograph of him, he's just round. Well, it's, it's like that kind of fatness that um, looks like you need a wheelbarrow to carry it around. Yeah. It's like a really extrude... He, if, if, you yeah. said, if you said, what does this guy do? You'd be like, uh, and they went, oh, he's on TV. You'd go, oh, yeah, the, one of those ones where they've got the crane to take him out of his bed. And, <laughs> yes. he, and he cries and says, I want everything to change, oh, but he's still eating crisps. <laughs> you know? <laughs> no, 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 he's a sports entertainer. Sorry, he's a sport. <laughs> Is that, that's a fucking sport. He looks like a... Like a like a, a zero. I mean, that's that's what he looks like. He's the shape of a zero, <laughs> a pancake that you've drawn a fucking face on. <laughs> but he was super embarrassed about his massive weight loss, and so he said, "I don't want to come back. I don't want people to see me looking like this." Right. And uh, the WWE, as part of his return contract, they pr- provided him and paid for gastric bypass surgery. Oh. So by this point, I think he'd lost about two hundred pounds. He's still very short. He's not a thin man. He's he comes still out big, isn't he? Yeah. Big, big, big groin. Ooh, Puts big it, guy. Uh, goes straight to his groin, doesn't it? <laughs> like big <shit. laughs> um, Yeah, it's, 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 it's good, isn't it? it? It's good. Look, it's nice to see him back. It is. As part of finding that photograph of him looking very fat, he'd actually put that on his own website. Right. And his family have left his website up as a sort of tribute to him. Okay. It's at percypringle.com. His real name's William Moody, but he was for a long time in this sort of southern states a manager called uh, um, Percy Pringle right. III. Uh, <laughs> it's fucking brilliant. Um, I've really enjoyed it. The two things I've learned about him that I love are uh, he feels very strongly about the murder of JFK. Right. Uh, without a doubt. <laughs> Doing the voice. I lovely. lost my childhood innocence 48 years ago today. The date that Lee Harvey Oswald murdered our president, John Fitzgerald Kennedy. I will take that tragic day and the days that followed to my grave with me. <laughs> <laughs> he does put that in. Nice. Um, this horrible tragedy had a dramatic effect on this eight-year-old kid at the time and directly influenced my decision to become a funeral director as an adult. So... <laughs> 
<laughs> JFK is responsible for his Paul Bearer gimmick. Um, the best thing about it is, in 2012 and 13, he's still really impressed with modern technology. Right. So on his Twitter, there's a photo, mm. and underneath it said, This photo was taken by my longtime friend Stone Cold Steve Austin with his smartphone. <laughs> that is adorable. February 2013. Good Tuesday morning. WWE taping Smackdown in nearby Biloxi tonight. Michael Hayes texted me to see if I was coming. Oh, <laughs> I'm Barbara, and I'm off to Biloxi. <laughs> uh, where are you off to, Paul? Biloxi! Don't you hear taping there? <laughs> the nicest thing he's got on there, he's got a little cartoon of himself praying, and next to it is Percy's prayer. So I'm, oh. I'm going to say that for the end of the podcast. Oh, we'll go out on Percy's we'll go out prayer. On Percy's prayer. I pray the cane doesn't. No, it doesn't have anything. <laughs> like Didn't uh, he marry someone young? Uh, yes, I found a photo where uh, he met her at thirteen. A wooga, a They had a long, happy marriage. Doesn't make it right. Doesn't make it right. <laughs> I bet John Peel for me. Let's uh, go. <laughs> no, let's go from these sordid, horrible legal things to the main event. <laughs> uh, it is the the match that cannot be named. Right. Uh, for many, many years uh, since the, the 2007 murder-suicide, or double murder-suicide, mm. um, uh, Chris Benoit's name has, has been totally uh, abandoned by the WWE. Yeah. They've had a basic thing of saying, you know, he, his legacy is there, but we are never going to mention him again. So he's never mentioned on, on television. There's a, an episode of ECW TV after Benoit's death mm. where Vince McMahon just says, this is the last time you will hear the name Mr. Benoit on uh, WWE programming. And they've stuck to that. Um, the, the problem is, Benoit is a man with a horrible, horrible crime who had, a up to the, that point, a Hall of Fame career. Mm. And there is no question that, you know, no one should profit, if you like, from his, his work. His work is remarkable. The WWE have made the decision. They have kept him on the network, but they refuse. If you search Chris Benoit, nothing comes up. Right. A lot of the time they talk about this WrestleMania 20, they'll talk about um, uh, Eddie Guerrero versus Kurt Angle and a triple threat match. Mm. If you search on other matches of his that he's taken part in, quite often it'll say things like Chris Jericho and the Hardy Boys in a six-man tag match. They they don't want you to venerate Fine. him. Right. I, don't think, I don't think anyone is venerating him. No. But the hardest thing really to explain is, is how how important Benoit was when he was alive. Mm. And he was seen as being the best wrestler in the world. He was the best technical wrestler and probably had been for 10 to 15 years. And with a legacy like that, it's a very hard thing to, to talk about how important he was without it sounding weird in some way. And it's always going to be weird. Mm. He destroyed the career that was so brilliant and flawless. Um, and understandably, the WWE, they want nothing to do with it. Yeah. I think it's it's quite a... They handled it quite well. For how they've handled stuff in the past. Yeah. And I mean, I mean, when they first uh, learned of the Benoit... Um, well, they, I was going to say that about the Benoit murders. They certainly was a point when they went live with a raw tribute to Benoit the night after. Yeah. Where they, they for some reason, they didn't know the circumstances, but they should have had a clue that if you find a family dead inside a house and the police are saying we're not looking for anyone else, uh, it's a bit unusual to jump to the conclusion that probably this is some kind of awful tragedy to do with carbon monoxide. Mm. And they did a big tribute show. And that was not handled well. Mm -hmm. <laughs> they should have waited for that. But 
what you can see in, 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 in this match is you see Benoit's single greatest professional moment. You see the apex of a career. You see the greatest night of his life. Right. At the time, this was a sight that every wrestling fan was absolutely beyond pleased to see. The end uh, of this match sees Benoit embracing his real-life best friend, Eddie Guerrero. Benoit is in tears, and they are genuine tears. Yeah, He knew he was going to win from January onwards, but until that moment happens, you haven't scaled the mountain. Mm. And this is the night he scaled the mountain in one of his career-best matches, and it's impossible now to look at it and not sort of... It's difficult to say how, how good it is mm. because of the knowledge of what comes later. Um, I watched this back and I thought it was a fantastic match. Yeah. I really, really enjoyed it. And, and those kind of matches where there's three of them, it's, I, I, find, um, I, I find them extremely underwhelming most of the time. Yeah. Because people don't really know what they're... Like, who's next? Who's the... But it's just constantly... It's two people who are having a fight and then the other person will run in and, it, and it, disrupt that. Yeah. And it's just like... It, just, it, it can know. be a bit choreographed mm. because you're often like, oh, they're out the ring, so those two fight. Yes. And he comes back in and one yeah. of them gets knocked out. And so it no, can I felt like that in this one. It's, it, it, weirdly, it is because of how good Benoit is. Mm. Benoit brings such intensity and aggression to it. Ruthless aggression, as this kicked off, it was almost like a, 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 a paradigm shift that could have pretty much been set up solely to push him. Mm. He was he's so intense in this match. He does stuff that other wrestlers don't do, which is he looks every single time he doesn't move like he's trying to cripple. He was known as the Canadian crippler. He was trying to cripple his opponent. He was trying to hurt them. And when he's hit back, he looks like he's in pain. He looks like he's gasping for breath. Mm. He is such a good performer in this match. Um, you hear them chant, let's go Benoit. And again, that's one of those things that hearing it unironically, it just, as soon as you hear it, you're like, oh, there's that chant. Yeah. And it's it's just, uh, it's such a, I've, I wish this was easier to talk about. I find it really weird. I found such a weird disconnect through it because I also felt, am I enjoying this match more because it's sort of like, you know, he needs to be so good for you to say how good he is mm. after what he's done. Yes. And I did sort of watch it, but I did think it was fucking brilliant. Mm. I think Triple H is actually really, really good in it. He he just, he performs at a really high level. He does some really, really good stuff. There's a point where Benoit puts him in a sharpshooter and Triple H is, again, fighting for his life. It's, he's not hamming it up. He looks like he's desperately in pain and desperately trying to get out. Mm. There's an intensity in this match which there isn't in any other match on this WrestleMania. Even your Kurt Angle and your, and your Eddie Guerrero. They look like... They, they just... That's the reason they're the main event. Yeah. It's just... It's an exciting match. Because it's one of those matches that people don't really go back and watch... Uh, it's it's sort of falling by the wayside, but honestly, I think it's I think it's one of the best WrestleMania main events, mm. and certainly it's the best re- WrestleMania event I think since uh, uh, seventeen, yeah, which is Rock and uh, and Stone Cold, and it's the best one until WrestleMania twenty six, which is Undertaker Shawn Michaels. Right. So there's a big period between those of probably fifteen years where it is the best main event and it it's obviously just horribly, horribly tainted. Yeah. They do these great like nineteen seventies bleeding blade jobs. Shawn Michaels is just that crimson mask and then Triple H does the same. And finally, I mean I mean this it's so hard hitting and just well put together. And Benoit finally wins, he cries, the confetti comes down and it, it was 
like a key WrestleMania moment. Mm. For years, that was on the on the uh, well, two years that was on all of the sort of programming as one of the highlights of of WrestleMania. Yeah. It was it was you know some people were saying and, and you know it was a common thing that that was the greatest WrestleMania moment of all time. Yeah. Watching Chris Benoit finally scale the mountain against all the odds and win just by being one of the great wrestlers uh, of the 20th century. It must be odd for the other wrestlers involved. Obviously, Shawn Michaels has had a long career as has um, Triple H, but like it must be odd to have that moment robbed us I mean obviously it, it, it falls by the wayside as to the, the weight of the other situations that, that, that has brought us to even mm. say that words those words but um, yeah it must be weird to have that stolen from you when you've been involved in one of your better matches and, and, and well you can't have that anymore because yeah what the man Kurt, Kurt Angle has, has talked about it because he mm. had a long feud with Benoit and they brought out the best in each other mm. and Angle has talked about how sad he is that when you know Benoit has been rightly wiped off the face of wrestling history yeah. by the WWE all of his work goes with mm. it as well and those matches that you had that were career highlights for you uh, this it's, it's slightly like the, the guys who were the band members in the Lost Prophets, Lost Prophets. I, was lit- I, was, I was literally <laughs> really? thinking that as yeah. well yeah because I've interviewed a couple of them before I never interviewed um, him but I interviewed them and I, I did when I went down I thought that is uh that's a shame for, for for them, really. Yeah, you know they've got to eat. You know, but but also their legacy, the music. You know, mm. and it's it's uh, it, I, I you know the, the Benoit thing is is just uh, you watch him pick up that big gold belt and the mm. the fact that he's made it and the tears and everything and Eddie Guerrero comes out and they're crying and they're yeah. and it is the best moment of both of those men's careers mm. and what they don't know is they are hurtling towards tragedy and they within three years both of them are dead mm. one of them is their legacy is ruined forever and it's it's just an amazingly weird moment that point of of wrestling in real life the the emotions in the ring that night and the emotions that i mean the benoit thing is still felt throughout the industry you know it, it it's because it's about it's about depression mm. and it's about the effects of concussions. The, the post-mortem showed that Benoit had suffered numerous concussions. He had clearly got depression. He, uh, it, it, whether, and the WWE have fought very hard to say, uh, you know, this was not roid rage, even mm. though he was on steroids. Um, this was not roid rage. You could see this were, the, the, the murders were, were thought out and uh, predetermined. Yeah. And, and certainly he was not reacting in a rage because he left Bibles by the bodies before he killed himself. Uh, this was a strange sort of thing of the two biggest stars of that WrestleMania are dead within three years. Mm. There had to be a problem in the industry there. Mm. And I just, uh, watching it, do you know what? It just makes me, it made me so sad. It made me so sad. It made me so sad for what happened. It makes me so sad for the people that knew him. And it just, it just makes me sad. Yeah. Well. It's also the first WrestleMania that ends with a submission. (laughs) Mark! (laughs) Keep it light. Ah... Ah, uh, well, obviously it's going to be sad when, you know, he ends, ends the, the show. But um, that has been... Come and uh, buy, buy, um, buy tickets to our, our live show. For, 14th of... Uh, Saturday 14th of, of September. He actually uh, turned up at the start of last year's show. He did? did yeah. yeah. Um, we're not treating it with quite so much levity today, but... No. Um, or something, Mark, should we, uh, should we leave with the, with the Paul Bearer um, poem? So I've, I've got my music. I've got my little church music. I, I think I hope it's going to be church music. This live from PercyPringle.com is Percy's prayer. Lord, 
As I stumble through this life, help me to create more laughter than tears, dispense more happiness than gloom, spread more cheer than despair. Never let me grow so big that I will fail to see the wonder in the eyes of a child or the twinkle in the eyes of the aged. When he wrote that, he was the size of a pig. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.